Hello everyone, my name is Catherine Ferreira. I am the host and owner of Gem and Me. I want to take the time today to introduce myself. Who am I? I'm a young, proud, first-generation Latina, born and raised in Washington Heights. I have excelled in my life with adversity, hope, belief, motivation, and most importantly, the power in me. And I believe everybody has their own power inside themselves. And I want to share this platform with you to be able to explore and dig very deep inside of you to find the blessings, the gifts that you were given to become the best version of yourself. So thank you so much for joining today to the Gem and Me podcast. I hope to give you blessings, aha moments, many gifts really that you have within yourself to be able to unfold and find those within you. Thank you for listening today and welcome to Gemini. The power is within you. Welcome to Gem and Me, the podcast. Today we have an amazing leader, a mentor, friend, um, powerhouse Latina that I love and adore. And I really appreciate her being here today. Her name is Dr. Damari M. Bonilla Rodriguez. She's a national leader authority on leadership development, especially as it pertains to diversity and inclusion. She delivers keynotes, addresses, and presentations drawing upon her experience from roles in the nonprofit, private, and government sectors. As well, she has a doctoral um, research. Um, her research about Latina leadership in the United States has served as the foundation for events, conferences, publications, and content development to address the urgency of leadership development for fast-growing populations and create pipeline of diversity leaders. She has done immense work in our communities and she is amazing and has been a leader in different capacities, um, but she's also a mom and she has accomplished so much in our communities. Um, she has whole different titles. She's currently living in Pennsylvania and um, with her two boys, 12 year old boys, twin boys, and her husband, Robert, her favorite quote is, if I have seen further, it is by standing on the shoulders of giants by Newton. Thank you, Dr. Bonilla for being here today. It is a, truly an honor to have you here. I'm so happy and pleased with you supporting us and being here today with us. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to support you. You are a shining star in our community, and I can't wait to see all of the amazing things that you're going to do. And I hope that this podcast is an opportunity for us to continue to support our community and shed light on some of the issues that impact our leaders, but also that we help them find inspiration, right? Because that's what it's all about. It's talking about the issues demystifying the challenges and supporting individuals to realize that they are able to succeed as well and that our path to success looks different for each of us based on the circumstances and lived experiences. So thank you for having me. Oh, that was beautifully said. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. So um, I kind of wanted to start, I usually start by asking like, you know, very early on questions. I say like, let's go back in time and kind of see where your leadership skills came upon or any challenging moments that kind of shaped you into who you are um because i feel like we're all like you know like for example you i'm so honored to have you here you're an amazing person amazing leader but i'm pretty sure there's a couple of things that happened to you that made you that strong that persistent right that resilient and the person that you are strong today so give us a little um i would say brief background of like how your upbringing was and how that shaped you to who you are today. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting. I was in a coaching session yesterday and, and talking about the sense of urgency that I feel to encourage others, to motivate others, to really propel others to leadership because there's such a need right now for individuals to find that within themselves. And um, the, the coach said to me, 
the sense of urgency that you feel is based on what you've gone through and the fight that you've had to overcome to be in the spaces where you are, right? Uh, and so you're absolutely right that those experiences mold us to be where we are. And sometimes you see an individual at a public event or you read about them or you read their bio. And you know, one of the things I love is that you broke down a bio into the story, right? To tell my story versus this um, untouchable uh, document that sometimes we read or hear about people that makes us feel like they haven't been through anything or they're amazing, you know, and we're born that way. And, and that's not true. We all have to overcome challenges. And so for me, I'm the eldest of three sisters and we lost our mom in 1987 as a victim of homicide. She was 27 and, um, yeah, thank you. And that was definitely a changing moment. You know, what we call those butterfly moments in our lives where it can take you in any direction. If you use it for positivity, that's how you spin it, right? If you don't, then you can get stuck in a rut and you can go down a negative path. And I always say that I was born a statistic because I was born to a teen mom. She was 19. She wasn't married at the time and, um, you know, had only been to high school. And so th there wasn't a path to success, if you will. But knowing early on that education was important put me on the path where I am today. Um, I was raised by my grandparents who went to the first and third grade. I was born and raised in El Barrio in New York City in the projects on the 13th floor. And I could see the East River um, from the window. And so those were some of the changing moments for me. What has been a focus area to push me in the direction of positivity on an ongoing basis, because you have to sort of recalibrate every time you have a challenge, is that I that I had two younger sisters who I was a role model for, still am, right? As as mothers, as wives, as societal leaders, and so. My uh, sister is an LCSW and she works for um, Child Protective Services in New York where she's a supervisor. And then my other sister is a sergeant in the NYPD. And so we've all ended up following the, the path of supporting people, That's right? Cool. And that I think is molded by our experiences and our challenges. Wow, that's so powerful. Thank you so much for sharing. And I'm sorry you went through that, you know, with your mom and, and your sisters. I feel, I'm a big sister too, so I could uh, resonate in taking on um, responsibilities and growing up yeah. so fast that you have to support yourself, right? In this instance, you yeah. know, it was obviously very tragic for you. So um, that's, that's that was hard. But I'm so glad you guys turned it around. You guys are all amazing and uh, making an impact in your community. And it's so, so true, like those um, adversities and, and things that happen to you kind of mold you and to become stronger, right? And be, yeah. be there for others. But it is a choice. It is a constant choice. And so right now, actually, I was um, talking to my husband last night and right now I'm in the realization that on the 24th of July, it'll be 35 years since my mom passed away. And so there's this, this constant space of reflection and sometimes those tragedies or those challenges resurface, right? Like a milestone anniversary. And on the one hand, it is sad when you think about all of the things that, you know, she's missed out on a wedding and childbirth and graduations and experiences and challenges when you feel like I need a mom, right? But it is a constant decision to say, okay, what am I going to draw from that pain, from that tragedy, from that challenge? And how am I, to your point, going to turn it around for good? And how can I use this experience to help others? Because other people are experiencing pain and tragedy and challenge. And that's why I do the work that I do as Director of Leaders of Color New York. And we're proud to have you as one of our 2022 fellows, almost graduating from the program uh, in a couple of weeks, because it provides an opportunity for me to support and mold other leaders and say to them when they come back and say, I'm not sure if I can complete this program. I'm, you know, overwhelmed and say to them, I know what that's like. I've been through it. I'm going through it. This is part of life as a leader of color, as a woman uh, who is leading, as a Latina who is leading, right? So it, it helps me connect with other individuals and put my pain to work in, in purpose-driven work. 
Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much, Annie. I'm so excited for graduation. Um, it's been a challenging, you know, I would say a couple of months because of all the changes, you know, my, my job and everything else. I haven't really been in the right space. And then I was like, oh, this is perfect. Like, this is what I needed. So it was like a transitional moment for me, like right in, in the yeah. between of the program. Um, so I've been there, I've been sad, I've been happy. <laughs> but yeah. now I'm like more happy, you know, that, you know, it flew by, honestly, I feel like it flew by. But thank you so much for like your support, your, you know, your devotion to the work and showing up, you know, even though, you know, you're going through like so much and you will have also have tons of hats. So thank you so much for being there for us, you know, and showing up always with your best smile and attitude. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks a lot. So you're seen and appreciated. Oh, I appreciate you back. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I wanted to ask you, what would you say to your younger self now as an adult and as a powerhouse Latina? Ah, that is always a great opportunity to reflect. So thank you for asking the question. I would say that it's all going to work out to my benefit. Um, you know, and I, and I'm still saying that to myself. And so to your point about the challenges you have faced, you know, I love that you were also able to go through the emotions, but then say to yourself, this is a chance to reinvent myself. This is a chance to figure out what I can do, right? And so those are all lessons that we're learning as adults that I would have loved to know earlier on as a 15-year-old, right? I would love to have known challenges yes. are opportunities to reinvent yourself and it's all going to work out for you and you're going to be able to use it to help others. Exactly. Yeah. Everything happens for a reason and everybody comes to your life for a reason yes and if we would see like life as an opportunity like you said things come up and you're like oh why is this happening to me you know like and then you're like wait there's an opportunity here to learn something you know to become yeah. stronger or to uh, pivot somewhere else or um but yeah it, it's great to learn it early on I feel like I'm blessed that I'm here right now um you know it's a journey, but you you have to make that choice every day to like continue yes. the journey because it's not like you get to this peak state that you kind of have everything figured out. You have blue days, you know, good days, and you're like, okay, I have to figure it out and kind of. Yes. And even when you have achieved levels of leadership, levels of public recognition, titles, and, and have seats at decision-making tables, you still have those blue days, right? And so for me, it's a constant, it's a constant reminder, right? It's a constant reminder that I don't have the opportunity to sit back. I don't have the opportunity to stay in a blue space because people are depending on me and people need me to show up about the work that I do. And so I would encourage individuals and even have said to my younger self, Others depend on you, but using that not as a negative space, because it can be exhausting as a leader when people depend on you, but using it as an opportunity to influence, as an opportunity to shift the dynamics in community. And the way that I have always been able to reframe situations is through access to education. Interestingly enough, I wanted to be a lawyer growing up. And I, I still, you know, I still think about it and say, maybe I'll still go to law school, right? I, I have time. Uh, you know, they say you can do everything. You just can't do it all at once. And so I, I still have some time. Um, but I always wanted to be a lawyer because I, I wanted to defend people and I wanted to speak up for people. And I was not able to afford to go to law school. <laughs> well, well, it was expensive to go to law school and not work, right? When you think about individuals, family dynamics, a socioeconomic status, right? Financial situations, being raised by my grandparents, um, you know, having to figure out higher education on my own. I was not able to go to law school and not work. And you had to go to law school in your first year and not work. And I had to be able to access higher education and work, which is the case for a lot of individuals, right? And um, particularly for first-generation people who are accessing higher education. So all of those dynamics are important. So I made a decision to just stay in school. I went to college, I earned my bachelor's degree. 
I went on and earned a master's. I went on and earned a certification. And then I learned about the opportunity to pursue a doctoral degree. And right now, less than 4% of Latinas in the United States have a doctorate, right? Um, and so I was able to pursue leadership, executive leadership and education, which were areas of interest to me that also in some ways connected to law and defending people and definitely speaking up. And I was able to pursue my degree in a program that focused on social justice. And so everything just kind of came together, right? In a way that, as you said earlier, like everything happens for a reason and people come into your life for a reason. And I, I believe that as well, it was the right time, it aligned. And I had the opportunity to contribute to scholarly research about Latina leadership in the United States. And the thing is, I didn't love research. I wasn't excited about it. I, you know, it was kind of boring to be honest. But but I found my space because I found that, one, there's different kinds of research. There's quantitative research where you're looking at numbers and statistics, and that is important to tell the story. Yeah. And then there's qualitative research, and I identify as a qualitative yeah. researcher, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, and, and, and it's what we're doing right now. It's being able to pull knowledge and information and craft a narrative from people's experiences. And then I saw myself, ah, I can do this. I can contribute. There's a need for what I'm doing. And as you mentioned in the introduction, my research has been used widely. I was presenting my research in Hawaii for the Board of Hispanic Caucus Chairs a few years ago. And a young lady was in the audience. She was at the University of Hawaii as a student. And she said, I'm just here because I read your dissertation and I wanted to meet you. And I was like, wow, right in, in Hawaii, that was pretty neat. Um, and and in, in other countries as well, I've received messages from professors that use it in their, you know, their class syllabus and, and they refer to it because it was very basic knowledge collected across the country in a short time frame. I mean, you know, I was expecting my twins and I was working on my doctorate and I was working full time. And in a short time frame, over 300 Latinas responded to this survey, which was a testament to Latinas wanting to be heard, wanting to share their story. And that was uh, over 10 years ago. And we've only seen that elevated, right? Your podcast is an example of young Latinas saying, I have something to share. I have, you know, individuals that I'd like to highlight and share their story because I think it will motivate others. And here you are. And that's why I'm happy to be part of this and support you and partner with you however I can to help elevate your voice because your work is elevating others. And so, you know, when we think about the opportunity to lead, it, it comes from, as we've stated, making that conscious decision to turn tragedy, pain, stress, and challenges into action, into positivity to support others. It comes from access to education. That's not the same for everybody. For somebody, it's college. For somebody, it's technical school. For somebody, it's informal education through webinars and online courses and working with coaches and sponsors and mentors. So whatever education looks like for you to continue to learn and grow and pour into yourself to be able to to lead and to give to others, that that's what you should access, right? So we should not have this one-off approach that says, this is how you educate yourself. This is how you develop as a leader. And all of those aspects are key to ensuring that we have a voice in communities of color to overcome the societal challenges that we're seeing front and center, like voter disenfranchisement, like health disparities, like you know food justice issues, and so many real issues that families are dealing with that our grandparents and our older generations are not able to, to combat because they, they don't have those tools that we have. So, you know, I hope that this conversation will give somebody a call to action and, and a sense of urgency of what is your fight? You know, sometimes we can fight together. Sometimes your fight is different and, and we support each other, um, but finding your fight to make a difference in, in society. Thank you so much for illustrating that. It, you said you dropped many gems, but um, I really want to highlight, you know, the importance of 
education and how that looks different for for everybody right the the point is to like elevate each other in community i feel like we heal and we learn in community and um, yeah. elevate everybody you know around us and that's kind of what gemini is trying to illustrate is like you know bringing a community to learn from our speakers from me from each other right and empowering each other and i feel like education is the way to elevate our generations right our past generations to some extent right maybe not our grandparents or things like that right but maybe the younger generations that can make be parents in the future and be better parents be better individuals for themselves and for for their kids um so i feel like we have a lot of work to do and it's yep. great that you you know segue into that that access to education i feel like not everybody has the access to let's say you know higher education like we did i mean we had the privilege to exercise um it's hard right i, I know you mentioned you were you know having your twins and doing your doctorate and all that stuff and praise to you because i did my masters and i work full time and i was like going crazy i imagine just having kids or making kids while you're doing it so that's insane you, you're a superstar um, thank you and that's just a testament that if you put your mind to it you can do it now i would not tell you it was easy just like your master's which is a great accomplishment and i celebrate that you know you have times along the way where you're not sure you can do it right you say you were going crazy you you do <laughs> because you're juggling things and you're pushing yourself. And, you know, there were days that I sat in my bathroom at the edge of the tub and cried and wanted to give up. But the importance there is to have a support network, right? My husband would come in to the bathroom and stand there and say, did you cry? Did you get it out? Now get up and go back, you know, go do the work, go do the research. And there were times that I thought he was being mean or he didn't understand, right? Because, well, I'm the one that's doing the work. But I needed him to push me because he could see from outside of my perspective, right, that I could do it. And he believed in me. And so the partnership and the support of family and friends and colleagues and a support network is critical, right? I still have individuals that I go to when I'm facing challenges, when I'm not sure. Sometimes I think I know what I want to do, but I go to my husband, I go to spiritual advisors, I go to colleagues, and I talk through what I'm thinking about because we all need the nudge. And then I also go to therapy, you know, and I have somebody who is not related to me who doesn't have uh, an, an affinity in the way that my loved ones have, right? Who can say something to me objectively. And it might be the same thing that somebody I love said to me. And I believe them, but deep down I'm thinking, is it because they love me, right? Is it because they want me to feel good? <laughs> exactly. But when the therapist says it, or when an external party says it, like, oh, that must be true because they're not connected to me in this way, right? So, you know, another learning, uh, ongoing learning opportunity for all of us is who am I surrounding myself with, right? Your colleagues in the Leaders of Color program, when you have struggled and you've said, you know, I just want to share this, like, I just want to get it off my chest, and, and others have done the same, that's a safe space where you can be vulnerable, where you can be frustrated, where you can be sad, but you can also celebrate. And so thinking about, as you said, how we learn and how we grow in community, what does community look like for you in different spaces? If you're part of a fellowship program and a cohort, that's one community. You know, your loved ones, your, your grandparents or older generations may not understand the community of, uh, you know, structured learning and formal learning because they weren't part of it. But there are others in, in your educational programs that you can talk to about those challenges. So just figuring out who you have in your spaces to help you walk through some of that. And that's the importance of networking as well. You know, I have a strong network that I was able to leverage to come here and launch the, the chapter of, of New York Leaders of Color two and a half years ago, because people know that when I say something, I stick to it, right? I say what I mean, and I mean what I say. And the same way that you support me, I'm going to support you and I'm going to show up for you. And so that give and take in community is also critical to our success. Yes, that's so powerful. Thank you for, you know, bringing that because I feel like education, yeah, elevates and kind of gives you that 
awareness and um, shifting the narrative, right? When you when you learn, you you change your mindset and and open your eyes to to like different possibilities and 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 that really ties really into your network because you learn from your mentors, your friends, your colleagues, your classmates, and so I feel like that really empowers you, right? Mm-hmm. To continue to grow and learn and and meet other people. Some people, you know might not find networking as uh, something very easily right but um once you do it and you're like oh this is not so bad and then people kind of open up right uh to the idea how um do you feel that you know networking could be like initiated or really promoted into like let's say the younger generations that are like very um closed up or they don't know how to initiate networking yeah, that's a great question. And I think where we are right now in terms of technology access and use changes networking a little bit, right? The realization that we went remote because of the pandemic has shifted the way we network as well. And so a couple of tips, I would say, you you know, you were right on with some people don't find it easy. It, it's a challenge. The social factor of networking is intimidating. Um, but when you, as we were talking about earlier in the conversation, when you reframe situations and you look for the positive and the benefit, it will make it a little bit easier. So one opportunity is to think about what are your needs? So do you need uh, an advisor around access to higher education, figuring out what degree program you'd like to pursue, what area of study. If so, then you can seek out individuals in that field. You can seek out professors, you can seek out organizations, you can seek out coaches that can help guide you in that space. As you, and this is for the younger generation, as you talk with them and work with them, you start figuring out what you like, where you shine, right? And all of a sudden, you can move to a place of giving back because networking is is a give and take. And so it might be that at first you're you're taking, but then you can give back because then you can give to your colleagues in, you know, say the degree program that you're in or uh, younger generations in your family, right? I learned how to complete FAFSA when I was in college from a financial aid counselor at the College of New Rochelle. And I have since helped everybody that I could, right? Because- why not? I, I'm supposed to do that after I learn how to do something. And so once you're learning, you're giving them to others. And that's how we're creating this opportunity for everybody to access what they'd like to access. In addition, think about an event that you're going to, if you're going to an in-person event and who will be there and prepare yourself mentally. And I love nothing more than to go into a room packed with people that I don't know. Yeah. And, and just challenge myself. How many people can I talk to before I leave? How many people can I get to know, you know, where they work, what they do? How might we be able to collaborate? So you might start off as learning and taking from individuals, and then you move to a space even before you've achieved any level of visibility and, and, and leadership titles, but you, you will be able to move to a place where you're also giving. And then as you climb that ladder, you find yourself giving even more because I often get requests on LinkedIn from individuals, younger individuals say, um, you know, can I talk about this with you? Or can I talk about that? Can I ask about research? Can I ask about a doctoral degree? And I never say no, even I mean, you said I wear many hats and I do. I'm an elected and appointed official in Pennsylvania. As you said, I'm a mom to 12 year old twin boys who have a busy schedule of their own with sports and scouts and you know all of their activities. And, and I'm a wife and I'm a sister and I have have all of these responsibilities, but I never say no, because you never know what you can pour into somebody in a 15, 30 minute conversation. And you never know where they're going to go and how later on you'll be able to collaborate and partner and what you can get back from them down the line. Right. So I always say to somebody, I'm really busy. I can't talk with you until this time frame. Does that work for you? And if so, you know, let's look at dates and it might only be 15 minutes or it might be 30 minutes. So let's be very pointed. But email works well for me. Text message works well for me. I'm happy to dedicate more back and forth in those capacities, right? So just knowing what you need, what you're able to offer, how you might be able to collaborate, and then 
being mindful and respectful of a give and take. That if right now you're taking information, it doesn't hurt to send an email thanking the person that's supporting you. It doesn't hurt to send a thank you card or to uh, recognize people in ways that while you're not able to give knowledge, maybe at this time, you're able to give in other ways. And there's that give and take and you develop relationships over time. And then when you are able to give back knowledge or in other capacities, it, it's it's full circle and it comes back. But there's such a power in networking. In terms of virtual networking, those opportunities to reach out to people and check in, right? Making sure that you go on LinkedIn and you periodically send a message to individuals because what's the point of having 5,000 connections if you never actually connect, right? And I use, I use the birthday reminder as an opportunity to check in with somebody and say, happy birthday. By the way, how are you? What are you working on? Or if I see that somebody posted a job or something that stands out to me, I'll reshare it and then I'll message them and say, that was a great post or I reshared your job. How's everything going? And there are times when it comes back that they're working on a great project or they've published an article or a book or they have an event and I can participate or get my fellows an opportunity to participate or connect them to somebody that will maybe not return immediate uh, for me, but for somebody, right? There's always movement and things happening. So wearing that hat will, will help facilitate the outreach to a complete and total stranger or to somebody whose profile may seem too high for you to reach out to. That happens to me too, but you have to push through the challenges and reach out to people. And sometimes you may have more to offer them than you realize. Mm, that's deep. Thank you for, um, you know, kind of highlighting that. I feel like, you know, it's intimidating, like you initially said, mm -hmm. but I feel like if you just do it, you'd never know, like, maybe they won't respond right away but if you follow up you know they're busy or whatever it is and the worst they could say is like I'm too busy but like thank you for you know allocating time to like show up and be there you know because I feel like it's hard and it also discourage you know younger generations who are trying to reach out trying to grow and if they don't see any feedback or they're like okay like you know they're not going to be available or like kind of shifting that narrative like no we're supporting each other I'm here even though I'm wearing a thousand hats you know <laughs> count on me and I can give you some insight and pour into you and it's so important and especially in the education I feel like that kind of motivates and mobilizes the education and the insight in our community and I feel like you're an education leader as you said you have been in the education sector for many years now um what strategies would you say that you utilize to kind of mobilize communities in education oh i love i love that question and you know you you use the term pouring in and that's exactly what it is it's it's pouring into others because that's what leadership is you can you can give yourself a title of leader in your office, in a level of comfort that does not require pouring into others. And then that's just the title of leadership that you've given yourself, right? Or a title that you've achieved in the workplace that makes you feel like a leader. But if you're not pouring into others, if you're not mobilizing, if you're not helping others see their potential, then you're not leading uh, change. You're not leading people, right? And so one of the things that I try to do in terms of mobilizing is educating. That education factor is critical. And I've mentioned earlier, informal education. People do not know what they do not know, right? They're, that's theory. There are theoretical frameworks that talk about the, the realization shifting when you realize what you don't know. Mm -hmm. And the, the reality is that individuals make decisions based on misinformation, disinformation, lack of information every day, whether it is what uh, events they want to participate in, where they want their kids to go to school, where they themselves want to go to college, um, who they vote for. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I do is try to provide education for wide 
groups of individuals, right? Just broad education, whether it's through my social media platforms, whether it's through opportunities such as this one to join podcasts and shed light on issues and share resources and create a call to action for individuals. I try to engage people in my community. I was the first Hispanic elected to my school board in just 2019, November of 2019, and still am the only Hispanic. And so one of the things that I do is try to remind individuals in the community, whether I'm in the Boy Scouts talking to parents of other scouts, whether I'm at karate talking with other parents there, whether I'm at the supermarket and you know somebody will recognize me and, and ask me, are you on the school board? Is remind them that I'm one of nine school board directors that is making decisions for you, for your students, for your community, because the school board actually determines property taxes and how money is allocated and spent and you know, all of these other dynamics that impact even people that don't have children in the school district. Mm. Individuals don't realize the power of the school board, but I like to one, explain to people that I'm one of nine individuals making decisions as a collective body. And two, that I, um, that I want them to understand what the school board does and their role in electing school board directors as critical. That is also what we do in civic engagement, right? Through Prospanica New York, where I'm on the board as uh, vice president of professional development. I've brought a series of civic opportunities for our membership, and we do the sessions publicly for the broad collaborative of people to understand what are the roles that individuals have in terms of elected office? What's your role in electing them? And then how do you work with elected officials, not just saying, well, I voted and now it's their job to do the work. It takes all of us, right? So in terms of mobilizing, whether it's related to issues of education in terms of, you know, what students are learning or, you know, are we hiring diverse teachers or are we promoting diversity in the education sector or whether it's elections or whether it is, um, you know, access to healthcare and all of these other issues that I mentioned in the beginning of this discussion, it is important that we mobilize. And mobilizing happens through educating our community broadly and widely. Mobilizing happens through talking with individuals and helping them see the relevance to their life and helping them find a call to action that says, you know what, I need to help register other people to vote or I need to attend more educational and informational events so that I'm learning more, or I need to show up to school board meetings. That to me has been a win to get individuals that weren't participating in school board meetings to participate with the knowledge that they're gonna better understand processes. They're gonna better understand what we do there. And then they'll feel more compelled to engage um, as well as learn who to go to if you have a problem, right? So that you're not saying nobody's helping me. Well, are you going to the right people? Are you following the right process? Understanding that there are language barriers, understanding that if somebody is not there that looks like you, that you may feel intimidated, understanding the cultural nuances of systems, whether it's educational, health, or other, that may make people feel intimidated on the front end, understanding dynamics like citizenship status, uh, you know, and all of these other barriers. But the more you engage, the more you're going to know, the more comfortable you will feel participating. And that's mobilizing. It may happen one person at a time. It may happen one group at a time, one community at a time, and or broadly, simultaneously. You could be motivating one person in your family while you're motivating the, the parents and the scouts, while you're motivating your college colleagues in a particular program, while you're talking about it widely through your podcast, through social media networks, et cetera. Um, but it takes effort and it takes education and it takes a will mm -hmm. to be able to mobilize. Yeah. And I feel, thank you so much. I feel like you have been doing that so beautifully, you know, in the platforms that you are part of, LLC, Prospanica, and you name it. I've, I've seen, <laughs> like, I've seen you in today's Inspiring Latina too with Jackie and stuff. So. I feel like you have been able to spread your wings, but at the same time that you're growing and kind of spreading yourself and, um, you know, teaching others about you, you're also like elevating others while you do it. So that's, I feel like that's mobilizing and trying to like 
yes, you're growing, but you're like bringing people with you and helping others and creating a community and kind of everybody that's around you to some extent has kind of that vision, right? That having that vision, I feel like, like you said, if people are part of it, they're like more motivated to like, they know about it. They're more motivated to, to um, be part of it. So thank you so much. Um, I feel like as, you know, Hispanics, we have a lot of generational uh, systematic traumas that we have been dealing with. And so I wanted to kind of pick your brain about maybe a little brief toolkit, magic toolkit that you can create um, that could empower and shift the narrative in our communities of color. That's a whole other podcast conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Very briefly, I know it kind of opens up to like so much opportunity, but kind of yeah. give you like different, you know, toolkits that you think could be part of like that change. No, that's great. A couple of things that I would put in in such toolkit would be uh, webinars, uh, whether it's through professional networks like Prospanica and, um, you know, and Alpha and Unidos and all of these organizations that are serving the Latino community, Latino professionals, finding opportunities to participate and engage in conversation that is going to open your eyes to what is happening, open your eyes to resources that are available and broaden your network all at the same time. And, you know, that's specific to Latinos. If you are from another racial or ethnic group, you can still benefit, but there are other organizations like the Congressional Black Caucus and um, the NAACP and organizations that are more general and broad, like the American Civil Liberties Union and um, organizations that encourage people to vote. And so just finding these organizations that are providing opportunities to engage through webinars and articles is one area that should definitely be in your toolkit. Taking the time to read, uh, whether it is articles, whether it is um, books, is also an opportunity. As you mentioned, I'm a co-author on Today's Inspired Latina. I was in volume two. There are now, you know, over 10 volumes and a huge network and opportunity for individuals to read books. Um, you know, this series itself is inspiring stories. And sometimes it is just diving into how did others over Come their challenges? What have others done? And picking up uh, gems and wisdom from the experiences of others. And sometimes it's more, um, you know, structured reading. I'm reading a book uh, about God and race, and that brings in spirituality and social justice mm -hmm. in a way that I've really enjoyed. And then it may be a book about you know, um, what the data talks about relating uh, to communities of color and particular topics that you're talking about. So, uh, you know, I would say learning experiences, I would say books, I would say uh, mindfulness, right? We talk about the importance of self-care, but are we actually doing that, right? Whether it is taking time to uh, get a spot pedicure. My husband and I do that once a month and every so often, and we do it together. So if he's busy, I don't do it. If I'm busy, he doesn't do it. Um, and we just did it on Monday and we did go over the one month time frame. And, and I always leave there so relaxed. And I said to him, if you go past the four weeks next time, I'm going without you, you know? <laughs> It was sort of a push to remind him that we have to take that time, right? So it might be a spa pedicure, it might be uh, an activity, it might be, uh, you know, a daily walk, whatever it is that works for you to help ground yourself, to help you release some of the stress. You know, in my coaching session yesterday, we were talking about physical stress relief and, you know, I clean to relieve stress. And that's great. Um, you know, it helps keep my house clean and it helps me de-stress. But recently, my husband has been pointing out, you're cleaning the bathrooms too much, right? <laughs> that means I'm not necessarily relieving the stress in the way that 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 it's normally helped me. So now I have to find other ways to de-stress. So I would say the toolkit is about education. It's about refueling. It's about de-stressing and decomposing. And it's about expanding your network. Wow, that's beautiful. I'm taking notes here. <laughs> <laughs> expanding your network. Wow. Thank you so much. This was so helpful um, and educational and amazing. I really am so honored to have you here. And before you go, um, I wanted to kind of give you so 
our organization, our movement is called Gem and Me, right? And it, it's called Gem and Me for the very reason that I feel like everybody has this gem and this power within them. And yeah. that could also be fueled and, and guided by, you know, the higher power, um, whatever that means to, you know, anyone or to you. Um, but what is, you know, your interpretation of like gem and me? Yeah, well, I love what you said, and that's why I signed on because I understand your vision and I'm definitely connected to it and, and behind it. Um, and I appreciate that you created a safe space for anyone who does not have the same spiritual beliefs, right? I consider myself a believer. I believe in God. Um, the upbringing that I've had in faith and God has really helped me overcome many challenges because there are times when you might feel like, nobody in your world understands and if you have some sort of spiritual grounding for me it's god for somebody else you know as you said it's it's a higher power it's whatever it is to you spiritual grounding is critical um you know it's an, an opportunity to draw deeper than you ever have when you feel like there's no light um and all of a sudden you find that right and i do agree that there is a gem inside everyone and that's why i am committed to showing up and to supporting individuals to find that that gem if you will to find their their power and their space to have a positive influence in in society and i just want to point to the fact that that might mean at home you know sometimes i talk to stay at home parents not just moms but stay at home parents who do not necessarily find that they're influencing. If you are focusing on raising children, whether biological, whether from extended relatives that you're raising, whether foster children, you are changing society because you're you're pouring into those children, you're steering them in the right direction, you're giving them a foundation for, you know, being good people, for being civically engaged, for being aware and sensitive in how they treat others. That is making a difference in society. It could be that you are part of a uh, religious institution and you're on that board or you're an usher or you help in that way. You're inspiring people when they come there, whether it's once a week or a couple of days a week. To, to leave negativity, to leave stress and to refuel and to leave positive, right? Or you could be the CEO of a corporation or you could be leading in different public spaces. The, the point is that you do not have to have a formal title. You do not have to be in a big company. You do not have to be in the public spotlight to make a difference in society. It can be on a small scale. It can be on a big scale, but there's a need of responsibility for all of us to be part of change. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for being here, for sharing all your gems, for showing up, for being an amazing leader. And I feel like I'm so grateful to have you in my life, to have met you. I know we, you know, had a couple conversations before I became a fellow of LLC. Um, and because I was so inspired by what you do and, and the impact you have in your community and how resilient and powerful. And, and, and like you said, <laughs> you bring others with you. And I feel like that's so important. And I, I pretty believe, I believe in God too, that God has a special, you know, castle for you because you are doing amazing. Oh, thank you. thank you so much. And God bless you really um, yeah. with everything you desire and health and wealth and everything. Um, because, you know, there's not a lot of people that, you know, are doing the work that you are doing and who really care for their people. Right. Thank and you. so I feel like we need more of you to be able to, to mobilize and educate and empower others. So thank you for showing up here today. Um, thank you for our listeners. Is there anything you want to say before, you know, we conclude our session? Yeah, well, I, you know, I want to return the, those wishes for blessings and everything that you do. I, you know, am honored to be connected to you. And uh, I'm just so proud that you took the leap to create a platform to share stories and to highlight positivity and resilience for a broader community because it takes a lot to want to do something and then actually do it right and so I can't wait to see what you're going to do with this platform and you know with other desires that you have and I'm happy to be part of your network and and support you and collaborate with you and um, you know just want to encourage you and others to continue to keep your eye on positivity and opportunities. And those are not always going to be created for you. Uh, sometimes you have to create those. And that's what you've done with this platform, with the podcast, you know, with trying to identify 
highlight and promote the gems in others that also fuels you as you know you've said from this conversation and me as well because i'm leaving re-inspired and realizing the importance of the work that i'm doing and continuing to do that work and you know as you talked about my favorite quote I do stand on the shoulder of many giants and continue to do that. But then I also have become and want to keep being a giant to others and providing my shoulders for others. Um, and one of the quotes that I often close talks with is by the late Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who said that you should speak your mind even if your voice shakes. And no matter where you are, in life, in development and leadership, you will always find yourself in a place and a space where your voice is going to shake, myself included. Sometimes my heart is pounding and my throat is dry. And I know that what I say next is going to be uh, big and may not be well received, mm -hmm. right? And, and you just have to push yourself and say it anyway, because sometimes things have to be said and those are change making opportunities, which you asked about earlier on, um, you know, there are changing moments in our lives and there are changing moments that we perpetuate. Um, and those should always be um, opportunities that even though I'm nervous, I'm going to say this because I have to, because it's going to change something for somebody else. And it could have broad changes and big changes tied to it. So, um, you know, I definitely want to encourage people to speak up even when you're nervous. Wow, that's so powerful. Yeah, there's so much power in words. And I feel like as a Latina, you have been able to break uh, many ceilings um, and showing up and, and really creating your own table, right? As like, I feel like you have been probably in situations as a leader that you felt like you were the only person in the room who was Hispanic or Latina or, you know, yeah. and it's hard. And thank you so much for showing up and doing the work because that gives us you know, the other generations after you permission to show up and be like, oh, like, you know, the Mari did it. I know it's hard, but like, I'm going to do it too, you know, and it inspires us. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you. thank you so much for listening to today's episode i am so grateful that you're here listening to my podcast gem and me um i hope that you continue to share continue to listen on on very important topics that i discuss in my growth and journey to what is called life um i hope that you're able to learn and explore different values and things that you have within you um I really hope to serve as a, as a support system and a community to those who need that inspiration in that community because I know that I needed this, you know, um, I still do, um, but like growing up, I felt like I needed something where I can, you know, see the examples and have a support system. So I hope to serve as such. Thank you for listening and have a great one.